November 30th, 2011, Bright Spell, Minnesota, Psychiatric Office of Dr. Douglas Thorne, 4.15 p.m. Dr. Douglas Thorne sat behind his desk in a comfortable manner. A little too comfortable, actually. Much as he did every day. Handling the middling concerns of the neighboring population and their mental health issues. Mental health issues that were easily solved by prescribing sleeping pills, suggesting a different diet, or simply listening to the ailments and anguishes that were almost always a reflection of bad daytime television. But this time... But this time... A little more than five weeks having passed since he had first met... me. Thorne believed his assessment was wrong. Whatever psychological break that had claimed the elder Conroy sanity had now taken root and burrowed deep into the young man's subconsciousness is what his notes read. But what he meant was that whatever psychological break that had claimed the elder Conroy sanity, my papa, had now taken root and burrowed deep into my subconsciousness. That's what he meant. I was becoming my grandfather. So you believe in the paranormal? Thorne began as the wall clock ticked into the session's first minute. Yes, I said, shifting on the couch. I believe. What exactly do you believe in, Mr. Conroy? The kind of... things you don't. Using emphasis. Well, Thorne said, that is indeed quite the story. I stared at the psychiatrist. Our... our eyes were level. Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware. Why do you think it's this Mr. Thetabet, this man? No, no, it's... It's not a man, I interrupted. No, of course not. Thorne placated me, his client. Just a figure of speech, mind you. Again, why do you think this Mr. Thetabet, this individual you believe to be the devil, just let you go? I... I, um... I don't know... I don't know. I, I don't... I don't know, I said. I went down into that darkness to try and understand, and... and then and to... to put an end to all of this. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I... But... I shifted in my seat again. But I had to put an end to it somehow. What happened to my grandfather, what appeared to be happening to me as well, but... I, I stopped, ready to cry, but I, um... I held the tears at bay. I fought not with, with fists, but with heart. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was hard. But I, I, I don't... I don't know why it let me go. I, I spoke faster now, letting the words fight the emotion. I don't know why I didn't. I, I don't know. I explain something, anything to me. I mean, what was the purpose for all of this? What was the... Why, why, why lead me to the ship and then just... Just the clock ticked now, silence and time, nothing more. And when that, that silence became deafening. Mr. Conroy? I looked up. I looked up and I could only whisper with whatever was left of me. There was no rhyme nor reason when I when I looked into its eyes I I paused and there was there was no there was no purpose other than enjoyment it was it was it, it was enjoying itself it was enjoying itself it but you went down there to confront it in some way yes to to find answers i said more to the point and other than these horrific events as you've described them did you find such answers no i looked at the floor i found nothing just more questions the the ship just attacked, and then after a few hours of hell, it simply... It simply let me go. The ship itself attacked? Thorn leaned in. You mean you were lost and found yourself in a decrepit portion of the vessel? You mean wood and beams, possibly loose from age, had fallen on you? Bruises, scrapes, things like that? No. The actual ship attacked. I knew how it sounded, but but Thorn nodded to himself and scrawled notes into his journal. Okay. This young woman, Abigail Marshall, she witnessed these events as well? No, no. I answered. No, like, like I said, I, I went down there alone. I went down there alone to protect her. Right. Saying it like this was all news to him. But she's staying with you now, at your grandmother's house, while you... While I figure out a way to end this, to, to stop whatever it is that's haunting the Queen Mary, because that in itself is what haunted my grandfather, what had driven him to suicide. So yes. Yes. But Mr. Conroy... Thorne said, putting his pen back on the desk... You haven't experienced any of these, I don't know, hauntings, any paranormal activity since you've arrived back home. That's what you told me. So if it's haunting the Queen Mary, then how can it haunt you at home? This isn't, this isn't my home, I said. I live in New York. I'm just, I'm visiting here. I'm, I'm trying to... I understand, Thorne said calmly. You're trying to stop this darkness. It's all right here in my notes. 
I'm, 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 I'm not crazy. My, my, my hands clenched the side of the couch. My, 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 my grandfather wasn't crazy. Calm down, Mr. Conroy. I'm just trying to better understand. Dr. Thorne once again took up pen in hand and wrote down a few more lines in his notebook, then continued. Answer me this, Mr. Conroy. Why are you still trying to understand these mysteries, as you call them, to stop this darkness within the Queen Mary, if it appears you've been, well, released? Just because I haven't experienced anything in a few days, maybe maybe a week. Weeks, Mr. Conroy. It's been weeks. You know what I meant. Just because I haven't experienced anything since I got off that ship doesn't mean it's over. My voice rose. If it doesn't come back for me, it will just come back for somebody else. If this thing, if this thing isn't stopped and destroyed, if it, if it can't be stopped and destroyed, at least people can be warned. They, they need to be warned. You mean like your grandfather tried to warn people? I'm not like my grandfather. I suppose not. So, Miss Marshall is your girlfriend? Thorne asked pointedly. Abigail, Abigail is helping me with research, I said. Yes, she, she's she's helping me find a way. She's... She, look, look, I've told you all of this already. Th- My tone turned towards one of impatience. So now you believe in the hauntings of the Queen Mary, Thorne said, still using the same calming tone. When we first met after the funeral, before you had left town, you believed your grandfather had been ill, and his stories were nothing more than fiction, delusions of a broken mind. I nodded once. And now you believe differently. Thorn looked right at me. Now you unequivocally know that ghosts exist. To which I nodded once more. And do you have any proof of your so-called discovery? Thorn leaned back, not not meaning to look pompous. <laughs> oh, man. You don't believe me? A flat statement. Mr. Conroy, I really am just like you, Thorne said, trying to unlock the mystery of what is going on within your mind. The volley went back and forth. I was saying how Thorne must think I'm crazy with a with a chemical imbalance or worse. Thorne then countered that my problems manifested after my grandfather's death. The worst possible thing to suggest. I stood apprehensively, then tore at my overshirt, ripping several buttons off in the process, a now torn flannel hiding the same secret that my grandfather did. The same nightmare. It was a tapestry of sin upon my canvas of flesh. For I, too, was branded by the devil. It was the same symbol I had seen in that faded photograph in what seemed like a lifetime ago. An intricate detail of carved flesh, claw, tooth, and talon. Whatever inhuman tool it was had carved what could only be described as the torments of hell. The rings, the circles, the pit. It was all apparent and right there 
Front and center was my grandfather's visage among the rest of the damned. Do you know what it whispered in my ear before it did this to me? Thorn stood, backing away from the sight. Go ahead and give me the beast. You already have my hate. Whispers in the Cries Written and performed by Matthew Ewald Produced by Star Chaser Productions Elder Conroy Residence Mound, Minnesota. Abigail and I were staying alone in what was now my grandmother's house. A widow who couldn't bear to be reminded of her late husband and was staying with one of her younger sisters. Away from the prying eyes, away from the whispers, away from all that pity. Apparently, the two old gals spent most of their time grieving at one of the casinos, the, uh, the mystic or, or something like that. I don't know. So I really couldn't understand where her grief truly lie. But for Abigail and I, here in this, this place, we often sat in silence trying to figure out how to end the nightmare that we still believed was confined to the Queen Mary. The only logical explanation. Logical. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Later on that night, after... Arriving home from Thorne's office and another trip to the library for more research materials, we had dinner and... and made love. We both agreed to forego any research until later on and... and and spent some time sitting by a window overlooking a snowy field wrapped in one another's arms. Soft kisses lingering looks we almost felt we almost felt normal Abigail set the timer on her camera and and the end result was a photograph of the two of us locked together forever in the perfect kiss forever that Then, 
sitting intimately. She asked me how the trip to the therapist went, treading ever so lightly. She remembered my my anger and frustration upon our arrival at my grandmother's house. Nothing but a but a, a, a note to greet us about a casserole in the fridge in hopes of a royal flush with love. <laughs> with love. With love, I thought. This from the bitch who didn't care if the corpse was cold yet or not. Increasing amounts of time in my grandfather's den, still trying to unlock the mysteries behind the evil that that haunted my dreams. My notes and research, the books on hauntings and poltergeist activities from from ancient texts delving into the darkness of hell to the equally cryptic quotations of the Old Testament filled my every waking moment. Still on my quest, so close to unlocking the mysteries, but as as was the case with my grandfather, I was missing that one crucial piece of the puzzle. The answer to why. Why? All of the research, the results compiled and compartmentalized in my laptop, as the psychiatrist had said, my search for knowledge was an affliction. Around and around I went. sanity and form my very soul, forcing out the blur of horror and carnage from my mind. I, I, I looked at the world that lay in ruin around me, a grim sight matching the grim expression of my face. 
What had my world become? And now, and now with Abigail, what, what did our future hold? Nothing made sense anymore. Nothing. Nothing but death.